Hey guys, welcome back to a new podcast episode. Today I have Miss Macy. Hello. I'm <laughs> so excited to be here. Um, and we are, this was actually not a requested topic or anything, but we thought that we'd talk about um, just what our life was like as missionary kids and even how like not being an MK, you, like just bring awareness to the whole like life beyond just the States, I guess. Um, and this actually came from, I don't know if you remember this, we haven't talked about this in a while, but the conversation we had for the first time in the kitchen yeah. for like an hour, it was so good. We were just leaning against the counter and I think I was like making popcorn or something and then we just randomly got in like the deepest conversation ever. Yeah. And it was really good. Like I remember so literally thinking, I hadn't started the podcast at that point, but I was like, oh, like I need to get this on the podcast. So I'm excited. It's going to be good. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So to kind of go into it or start, um, tell us a little bit about just your experience being an MK and like even what that is. Yeah, for sure. For so basically, um, I was born in Minnesota. I grew up there until I was seven. My dad, he was born in the States, but he's fully like Peruvian. His parents are both Peruvian. And when he was a kid, they moved back. So he grew up as a missionary kid in Peru as well. And then got married to my mom and so then when I was seven they felt the call to go back to Peru to help out my grandparents with their church so we moved down there um, when I was seven and then I lived there for the next 10 years so we moved back in 2020 Um, so up until this point I think it's next year where it'll be 10 years um, in Peru and 10 years in the states it'll be balanced out finally but for forever I've lived most of my life in Peru so I'm very much White on the outside, Latina on the inside, which is um, always a fun surprise for people when the most white girl starts speaking Spanish in front of them (laughs) with no accent. Um, But yeah, honestly, like first three years moving there, hated it. Um, Worst experience ever. But then Mm -hmm. after that, honestly, I can say like Peru's my home. Um, It's where I've seen God work so much. And um, just like, honestly, best thing that could have happened to me. Like, I, I love it so much. It's where my heart is. Um, and just being a missionary kid is really just shaped who I am. It's not my whole personality, but I definitely wouldn't be the person I am now without that experience. So very grateful for it. Um, yeah. And just excited to talk about it because, yeah. I mean, with you being a fellow MK, mm-hmm. it's just going to be it's going to be great. Yeah. And I will say this, too. This is something I mentioned to the other day, like. I think that when people think about, like, being a missionary kid, the first thing they think about is, like, or even just mission work in general, the first thing they think about is, like, in the trenches and like, Africa. Yes. <laughs> which is definitely, like, the majority of people, sure, probably have that experience, but I know ours was different. Yeah. But mine was definitely, of course, my life was not as, like, nice or, I guess, quote-unquote, luxurious as it is no. now. Not that my life's luxurious, but, like, obviously, I didn't have all the things I have now, but yeah. it was definitely not in the trenches. No, we, we're um we're uh, missionary kids, but we're also city girls. Yeah. So, like, people are so surprised that I hate camping because <laughs> they think that was, like, my entire life. And I'm like, no, I really – I grew up in a mega city. Like, Lima has – 10 million people in it right Mm -hmm. so and i know that you lived in mexico and argentina so it's not like like we were we were in the trenches but in a different way sure because there's just such a broad spectrum to what missions look like emotionally in the trenches (laughs) oh oh, yeah (laughs) and sometimes yeah when that water cut out oh man oh that light uh -uh. we we should honestly just have a separate podcast episode (laughs) just full of like horror stories that are absolutely hilarious now yeah yeah not funny in the moment, but now you can look back and oh, just heck be yeah. like, you know, that was a life for sure. Um, but yeah, kind of same, sim- uh, similar 
story, I guess, just in the sense that, like, again, like, wasn't camping or living in the desert, but um, I lived in Mexico for a little over a year in Argentina over for over a year. Um, and honestly, again, like, hated it at first. Like, absolutely hated it. And that caused, I don't know, even, I don't know, like, bitterness towards my parents, I guess. Um, just because I kind of had felt like my life, I mean, I moved first when I was in seventh grade. And I remember just being like, wow, like, I moved a lot growing up as it was within the States, but then, yeah. like, having to literally leave everything behind and, like, have to just adapt to a whole nother culture with a whole nother language. I I tell everybody the same thing, like, especially Argentina, just because that was the year that stuck with me the most, or the couple years that stuck with me the most, like, it was both the best year of my life, but also the worst year of my yeah. life. Because I grew so much, and I learned so much, and I, like, formed relationships that I'll have forever, and I, like, learned so much about just, like, what it looks like to live my life, even being back in the States, like, with a mindset that's beyond borders, like, beyond any limits that I have here in the States, you know? But at the same time, like, it's, it, it was hard. Something my parents would always tell me um, growing up, they would say being a missionary is like a roller coaster because we have the highest highs and also the lowest lows. Yeah. And that's something that always stuck to me because when I would have really hard days, not as a way to like um, maybe justify it per se, but my mom would always say like, Macy, like, I know you're having a really low low today, but would you prefer to just have like a bunch of medium or mid days or would you prefer like prefer to have like a bunch of highs but then also experience the lows and i i mean i'm more of an extremes gal so i'm the the lows were definitely like the highs were definitely worth all the lows but mm-hmm. i mean it it's really hard like like you were saying um our parents I mean, they have a different experience because they felt the call that God has on their lives. And this is a choice that they're making. So like every day that it's hard, they're like, okay, but God call me to this. And like, this is part of my calling. This is part of my purpose. And that like helps strengthen them. But when you're a missionary kid, you have absolutely no choice. Like, yeah, I didn't, my parents were, my parents were like, okay, like we're moving to Peru. Let's let me help you process through that. But they were never like, Macy, what do you think about moving to Peru? Like, yeah, totally. I'm sure it was the same for you. So yeah, it's it, it. There's definitely a lot of hard days because you don't have that same strength behind like, okay, like, but God called me to this. You're like, no, my parents dragged me to a foreign country and I can't speak the language and I look different from everyone else. And like, I don't know how to do this. Um, but I mean, you grow into it for sure. Like definitely best years of my life but also like the most difficult years of my life yeah no for sure that's that's really relatable and also just to say like I again would not trade it for anything but I definitely had moments like that where I was like man like I'm just kind of expected to just like go with the flow yeah and like just kind of make this work just because you know it's for a good cause and like blah blah, blah which is all true like again it, it, I did definitely like have to constantly remind me myself of like why you know and that honestly helped but at the same time like I wish I had given myself more grace for the days where I was like I can't do this like this is really hard having to meet so many people within like you know a week and like kind of put on this face of like yeah I'm so excited to be here even though I know absolutely no one and like you know I'm a teenager and I don't even know what I'm doing as it is so um so yeah just having grace for yourself was or myself was something that I had to learn throughout all of it. I don't know if this is this is kind of random, but 
I don't know if this is a skill that you gain too, where like I can, this is kind of like lying. It it basically is, but like I have the skill because I had to learn it when I, when I grew up of like, um, people would always come up to me and be like, Oh my gosh, I, I met you when you were a baby or like, I, I knew you from that one time that you were at this conference with your parents or, and like, I would never, I, I'm like so bad with names and faces, so I would never recognize them, but like, I could lie to their face so bad and be like, oh my gosh, yes, like, I totally, rem-, and have like these full on conversations <laughs> yeah. with people I never like recognize at all. <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness. No, you definitely learn a lot of like random social skills. No, for that sure. I don't even know are all good, but yeah. It's a, it's a lot of fake it till you make it because definitely they'll it'll eat you alive otherwise. And it's so at least in Latin American culture and especially being an MK, you have to be like hyper flexible because plans are never, ever the same. Like they're always changing. People are always coming over that you didn't expect. Like you, you, you just can't like. I didn't have Google Calendar until I came here because why put anything on a calendar? Like <laughs> nothing yeah. was ever going to be like right. scheduled or anything, but right. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it's a lot like it culturally. Is. It's a lot different than it, it is here in the States for sure. Yeah, definitely. How was it for you coming back after having been gone out of the country for so long? It was really, really difficult. Um, I knew I was going to come up to the States to come to Highlands College. Like, that was my plan for forever. But obviously, like I said, plans are always changing. Mm -hmm. And kind of like long story short, we accidentally moved back to the States. Um, I have a sister. She's 20 now, but she um, at the time was turning 18. She has special needs. And we were in the middle of 2020. So it was completely locked down, like had not left my house, my front door for about 117 days. And so as soon as the borders opened, we had to come running back to the state so my parents could get legal guardianship over my sister since she was now a legal adult. And so we packed for about three months. It was Christmas time. So we were planning to staying like three months and then coming back. Um, and I hadn't seen my friends in about a year because we were all locked in our houses. And so everyone was asking me like, oh, like, are you moving up to the States? And I was like, no, like, we're just going up there for a couple months and then coming back. Like, I'm not moving yet. Um, and so like I packed for about a month cause obviously we were in a bit like have a washing machine and a dryer and all the things. And so yeah. we packed with that mindset, um, came up, had like a great three months. I mean, like after being locked in your house, being able to like leave and Amazon and target, like I was living <laughs> my best life. There was yeah. snow. I hadn't seen snow in 10 years. Um, and yeah. so then I was finally kind of like, okay, like I want to go back home now because things were starting to open up. And I remember like being in the kitchen and my parents getting this phone call from our senior pastor and being like, hey, like, I think you guys need to stay in the States. Um, And my parents just being like, okay, we'll pray about it. And then figuring out like a day later that we were going to stay in the States. And I really didn't know how to feel about that, but we didn't end up going back to Peru um, until about a year later. So I you know, I I had the stuff that I had packed for about a month and we bought a house, like super crazy, but it Mm. was definitely like the most difficult year of my life, hands down, like more than COVID, more than missing senior year, like all those things. That was definitely the most difficult year of my life just Mm. because of culture shock and a bunch of other things. But yeah, it's a, it'll hit you. It's a whirlwind. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't even know that culture shock was a thing until I got back. Yeah. Like I had no real, like I didn't know how to 
what to call what I was feeling. Like, I got back, and I remember, same thing as you, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for Chick-fil-A, and I'm so excited yep. for Target. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and just, like, the convenience of just, like, being, I was going to start driving, and, yep. like, Amazon, and, like, even just, like, seeing my family again, and just, everything is just more accessible in the States. Like, yeah. all the little things that we're so used to, like, I didn't have in Argentina, and so, just that, like excitement was definitely there but when i got back like i remember the first few months i was just like why am i so frustrated literally like why do i why is it why am i so bitter why why is it so easy for me to like point out all these faults and all and just my country or like the people that i'm surrounded by and i started to realize like it's not it wasn't anybody's fault like nobody was doing anything wrong it was just the fact that like i had like adapted this whole nother like honestly not even mindset mind like yes i i my eyes were open to just a life and a culture outside of the one i had known for so long and um i yeah like when i was able to talk about it and actually figure out what it was i was like i'm i don't know if this is a necessarily like a bad thing because i'm glad that i'm now able to take things from both cultures and like find the good and the bad and kind of like you know, learn from both, but at the same time, like, I don't want to live in this constant, like, oh, I wish I was back there. I wish people would, like, yeah. act the same way that they do over there. I don't know if, if that makes sense. I'm trying to, like, explain it all because I know that a lot of it, people might not understand that haven't yeah. experienced it, but um, culture shock is real, and I thought that it was going to be harder to move to a new place than to come back to my own place. Oh, it's so much harder coming back. But I think ultimately it's just because I felt like I was coming back to a bubble, yeah of and and just even like comments that people would make or like it's again not their fault but like it's not their fault that I had an experience that they didn't get to have like that's not for everyone but there's I realize that there's a lot more ignorance in our country than people realize yeah no for sure um so kind of for you guys to give a little context um culture shock is the experience of like your culture clashing with a new culture and kind of like having to deal with that and like live through that. And so there's culture shock, which is like what we had at first being missionary kids where you're moving to a different country and then there's reverse culture shock. So I I think in our experience, reverse culture shock is so much more impactful and like, I don't want to say hurtful, that's the wrong word, but like it's so much more difficult because when you have culture shock, like obviously I didn't move to Peru and I thought, oh, Peru's just going to be the same as Minnesota. Like I didn't have that mindset. Like, you know, you go in knowing things are going to be different. And so you're kind of ready to adapt to that. Even when things are difficult, you're like, well, I knew this was going to be different than I thought it was. But reverse culture shock is, in my opinion, a lot harder because you're expecting things to be the way that you remember them to be. You're like, oh, I'm American, so I'm just going to go back to the States and, like, everything's going to be so much better because, like, I already did this. I already know how to do this. I know what I'm getting myself into. Exactly. But then you come back and you realize that you're a completely different person because it's not like you now kind of, like, know how to deal with a new culture and, like, that's just in your toolbox. It's like that culture has radically changed you where you're living with that new mind that's a combination of the two so when you go back you're like oh my gosh like I you know I'm not I'm not bringing this in too and the clash is just really unexpected absolutely and that's what makes it so stinking difficult and frustrating yeah and there's so many aspects to it like even just I, I guess like I unconsciously had this thought of like or this expectation that I was, even after, like, almost two years, I was going to go back and, like, 
kind of pick up where I left off. Yeah. Which was not true. Oh, no. Just like I had changed, everyone around me in the States had changed. Yeah. All my friends had changed. I had lost a lot of friends. Um, and that just, it was like that, not just relationally, but in every aspect of my life. And so, yeah, I realized that I had, I don't know, I guess grown in that area or like, yeah. I had, I had changed because recently I went back to Argentina actually a few weeks ago and I remember like I was very intentional about not going into it with any expectation because I didn't want to be let down again. Yeah. And so I, because of what I had learned coming back to the States and like had experienced that reverse culture shock for the first time, I was able to then like prepare myself mentally and emotionally. And sure, it was still an emotional trip just because, because of code and everything. And I, I just hadn't been able to go back for years. Um, but I definitely was like, I, like I had moments where I was like, if I hadn't like allowed myself to even just like learn how I deal with a situation like this, or like even just didn't know what culture shock was, I would have, that would have like really bothered me or like, you know, but I went to Argentina and I lost more than half my friends. A lot of things had changed, but I was like, okay with that because I knew what I was getting myself into, you know? It's, it's definitely a lot of, like, mindset and how you're going into something. And, I mean, I think that's why reverse culture shock is so difficult because no one can really – no one really talks about culture shock. And so no one can really tell you, like, you know, Macy, when you're moving back to the States, just know that, like, things are – like, no one tells you that. So you go back expecting things to be the same. But, no, I definitely feel you. And then, I mean, you add on, like, at least for me – um in Peru like people expected me to be different because I I was I'm butt white like I'm very very white (laughs) I have blue eyes like I'm short like I I definitely stand out and so people expected me to speak like people expected something of me so then I could kind of like surprise them like no like I am like you hello haha like super fun but then coming back um I had to learn how to I was 18 I had to learn how to drive I had to learn how to I'd never had a job before I you know I didn't get any of these cultural references like the only teenager <laughs> teenage references that I ever got were, were from watching like teenage rom-coms and like Netflix series and shows <laughs> yeah. so I literally came back I kid you not thinking that that's how high school was that's how everyone acted that's what like life was gonna be like and when I came back um people expected that of me too so like people expected me to know what they were talking about to know how to use a credit card to know how to drive a car to know how to have a job or how to act a certain way and I had no idea and so even like taking on people's expectations of me I had a lot of like shame and embarrassment because I was like I feel like I'm so behind in everything because I didn't have any independence in Peru because it was so dangerous like I'm a white girl, so if I had gone on, like, a public transportation or even, like, left my house alone, it's basically, like, I had robbed me, kidnapped me, like, on my forehead. So, like, coming back to the States and having all this independence, like, there's just so many variables that you don't expect yeah. that make it so much difficult, so much more difficult, but yeah yeah guys it's it's a hard thing to explain it's really hard like I hate saying this but unless you experience it it's a very like I don't know it's 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 a hard concept to grasp because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but yeah it's very emotionally complex oh yeah and yeah no definitely for sure I it's funny that you said that like whenever you'd leave your house you'd have like Rodney and all that written all over you I did too 
but like i did not care and when we went back this time in argentina like people were like wait multiple people told me like wait didn't you used to like ride the bus in the city at like three in the morning because i would have to travel to get to church no that's 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 how you know jesus is real it's for real like of course i had some weird like situations but like i was a child i was a child i remember i okay i lived like 25 minutes away from my school walking in a like relatively safe area called la molina so like yeah all the rich people lived there and we lived in like the middle class area because we were definitely not rich but i begged my parents i was like can i please walk back from school because it's 25 minutes walking i can make (laughs) it like in 20 yeah and i'm in a safe area literally went to like a chill private school um and my dad was like, okay, fine. So one day I tried walking back and literally, I kid you not, not 10 minutes in, I got cat cold and like followed by these two construction workers. <laughs> and I had the most massive backpack because I was such a nerd. And so I'm like taking off with this janky backpack, like <laughs> full speed, trying not to get hit by a taxi. And like, no. I don't even know how I made it home, but like, yeah, no, that after that, I was like, yeah, no, I'm, we're never doing hey, you that again. You, learn. you have the experience once. Yeah. I, that's never why I'm again. alive. <laughs> Because yeah. I have a healthy fear of walking alone. <laughs> yeah. No, this time that I went back, I think it's because I've had, like, a, a few scary situations in the past couple yeah. months. I was paranoid. Like, walking the streets at night, I was paranoid. And before, I was like, I did not care at all. I had absolutely no fear, which is good, I think. Yeah. But also, like, man. No. Like, there's just so many unwritten rules. Like, I kept leaving. Yeah. I kept leaving my phone on, like, tables when we were at restaurants. And my mom kept looking at me, and she's like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. You, you, the, yeah. the concept of like being able to leave your stuff out and it still be there when you turn around, like even, oh my gosh, it, leaving your car unlocked occasionally and knowing you'll be fine. Like, yeah, please be thankful. No, definitely. The, <laughs> the paranoia is real. No, it's good. Like there are just things that, this is a parenthesis because you know yeah there's just things that happen in, in south america you can't like i know peru probably the same bar you can't explain like one of our <laughs> our best friends live <laughs> they live on a busy road okay yeah. so there's all these cole- they call bondis colectivos, yeah. and they have like paradas like what, how do you say it's like an un an informal bus route and they're like these janky small <laughs> buses and the doors they took the doors off but people would just get on and they pay like like less than like probably like fifty cents less yeah. than that. Yeah. So they so they have these paradas everywhere, but they decided to put paradas bus stop. I yeah. Remember. There you go. They decided to put a bus stop right in front of their house because oh, they live on a busy road. That's so bad. They hit their car mo- like several times. <laughs> oh yeah. And don't care. Like, oh no. Don't care. Don't leave it. No. Don't. Police don't driving. care either. No. Poli- There's so many hit corruption runs. is crazy. Yeah. That's politics. We can get into that another time. But. No. Anyways. I I remember one time <laughs> you could not leave anything like unlocked. Like one time, no, this wasn't even their fault. My grandparents had like, they had just bought like a, a nice used car and it had an extra tire on the bottom of the car. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I know what you're gonna guys, say. the car was locked literally in front of my house in a safe area. They wake up the next morning and like the, they, someone had like taken <laughs> the spare tire off the bottom of the car off and they had taken like all of the metal parts on the outside of the car off like like even like the muffler and stuff it was so random yeah that is random yeah and i'm like why did you i i had this whole conversation with my mom the other day i was like 
mom, like I'm, I'm coming back for the summer and I'm not going to be able to drive my car down. So like, I'm going to have to pack up my whole dorm in my car. And like, what if someone steals it? And she's like, Macy, having all your stuff in your car is like an incentive for people not to steal it. And I'm like, why? Like if I was going to steal a car and it had a butt crap of stuff in it, I would steal it. And she's like, that's not how Americans think. I was like, that's so (laughs) dumb. (laughs) If I was, if, if we were in Peru and you left your car full of stuff, yeah. For even like two days, that thing would be gone. No, two hours. Yeah, literally, it, it would, would be, be gone. gone within an hour. Yeah, it would be gone. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, parentheses. Uh, yeah, be yeah. happy. We had to. <laughs> we had to talk about oh, that. We did. Yeah. They um, they be stealing crazy stuff. They do. It's random too. Like oh, they're just desperate. They are. Um, I remember for a long time I was stuck like with like. I want, I was comparing seasons a lot. Like I want to be back there so bad. So like, I'm kind of like, I wanted to almost believe that my return back to the States was like a temporary thing. Yeah. And so I would constantly live my life. Like, you know, just, Oh, this is, you know, this is temporary. Like yeah. even just the conversations I'd have with people, I'd be like, yeah, like I'm here right now, but I'll be there. I'll be back there whatever. Yeah. And so I was constantly just like one foot in Argentina, one foot in the States. Exactly. Yes. And that's how I, like, I lived my life like that. Yeah. Until I, I got to this point where I was like, I like in order for me to fully be content where I am right now. And that means like relationally, emotionally, mentally, physically like i have to just accept like this is my new reality and i don't know when i'm gonna be able to go back um and like this has to be home right now you know and so i i but i made sure like i don't want to like live my life not remembering or living like almost just like being guided not just by like my current circumstances but also what i learned and like how do i live my life I remember writing in my journal one day, how do I live my life beyond borders? Like, what does that look like? Honestly, um, because the first year, like, I wasn't expecting to move back. Like, I honestly hated the States. Like, I was in a really bad place. Like, I thought the United... I went from thinking the United States was, like, the Disneyland of the world to, like, the most god-awful place ever. I was, like, every single... I felt so bad afterwards. In the moment, I felt very self-righteous. But, like, every single word that came out of any person's mouth i was like you're stupid and ignorant like i (laughs) that sounds so bad but it's so true i was like so fed up i was like and and i mean exactly like just explain a little like like latin america um we're very like family centered very warm like you greet everyone with like a kiss on the cheek and a hug like it's very welcoming and warm and like there's so many obviously negative things about that too like there's lots of toxicity but like i i grew up in that and that's all i knew and then minnesota is in the north it's like super freezing freaking cold like all the time and then like people are also very cold so like they're very distant they're very like don't say hi to you when you go in a room like that's just culture and i really just the first year i thought everyone was so mean like i didn't have any friends and i tried so hard and like i just felt like an outsider and I kind of just, like, lived in bitterness, to be honest. And then I can't really tell you – actually, I can tell you when the turning point was. I Like I like you said, I was so ready to go back to Peru. Like, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to get my life back. Like, I'm going to see all my friends. It's going to be great. And then I remember going back, and, like, I didn't want to accept it, but I had changed. Like, I, I yeah. now – had a driver's license like I had a job like I knew what it felt to make money for myself I knew what it felt like to like be independent and like have this life even if I hated it like I was different 
and like a, a year will change you like you Absolutely, know yeah. and so I went back and nothing was the way I expected it to because COVID drastically changed everything I lost so many friends because I am so bad at texting people back it's it's really ridiculous I lost so many friends um I didn't have a place in my church anymore because like I used to know everything as a pastor's kid and I went back and I didn't know what was going on like I just felt honestly just distraught because this life that I had been just hyping up in my mind um this childhood that I really just loved so much like this world that I had you know just called my home I went back and it didn't feel like home anymore like my room felt different the people felt different um and I just remember like sobbing uncontrollably in my room one day during that trip because I couldn't leave my house and I couldn't go see anyone because I didn't have a car (laughs) and I couldn't go on public transportation like I didn't have independence again so like there was that loss and then there was just this loss of like this was my identity and I don't have it anymore Mm -hmm. like I hate the states but like I hate this too because I don't have a place here anymore and like life has moved on without me and it was really after that trip where I think the Lord um really just allowed my heart to move on because although it was like so 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 painful to say goodbye to that and to know that that's no longer where I was supposed to be the Lord also was like hey like this is no longer where you're supposed to be and Mm -hmm. like this was a beautiful season of your life and I did so much here but like I have a new season for you to come and so I need you to I need you to be ready for it and I need you to start preparing now like not wasting your time feeling bitter but like let's start healing things like let's start moving forward yeah and my mom she sent me this poem like last year and it's this is just like one part of it but it says i am green one life is navy blue one life is sunshine yellow i am green and it like talks about like the realities of you know living this one life where you know like blue would be the states and sunshine yellow would be latin america and you're like have one foot in one and one foot in the other, but you're never completely blue and you're never completely yellow. And I used to think this was such a, like, an ugly thing. I was like, oh, I don't want to be green. Like, that's disgusting. Like, why can't I just be like everyone else? And I think after that trip, the Lord just really showed me, like, there's so much beauty in being green and being different because, Mm -hmm. like you said, you have a global mindset and, like, you see things from a different perspective. and. I think it was what helped me the most was having grace for myself, but also having grace for people Mm -hmm. and knowing that like they can't know what they don't know. Exactly. Like they don't know because they haven't been there. They haven't experienced that and that's not their fault. And so instead of being mad at them all the time, how about like you go and show them the love of Jesus and you go teach them the things they don't know. Like there's this whole other world and there's this whole other reality. And instead of like holding that against them, why don't you reveal it to them and help them also have more of a global mindset absolutely um i don't know if any of that makes sense but that's that's honestly kind of like where the turning point was um and just accepting the fact like hey i am different and not like a ooh, like i'm so different and cool way but like a this is part of my testimony this is a part of like the tool the toolkit that the lord has given me so instead of using it or not using it at all like let me use it to benefit the kingdom and you know for what whatever he wants to do so yeah yeah that's good i like the part that you said about they don't know what they don't know like you can't force people to 
No. Like, if it's not an experience that they've had, you can't force them to know things. No. And it's not even up to them to know things. I think that's such a beautiful thing that I had to learn, too, is, like, I, like, get, I have so much to, like, show other people and not even to, like, put myself on this pedestal, but no. even just, like, the experience that I was able to have. Like, honestly, if everyone could have that experience, like, the world would probably be so much more, I don't even know, just, like diverse and yeah less ignorant you know but it's like you can't ex- you can't put expectations on people that are just not real so for the people that have like not had that experience because again like being a missionary even just like traveling like that's not a thing that everybody is interested in doing yeah you know um but i do think i am a firm believer in that it's important for people to like get to experience a life outside of their own and like culture outside of their own um how how would you say or how would you like encourage someone to go about doing that even if like they're you know they're not up for being a missionary or like again like that's not expected of anyone Uh, that was just happened to be our that just happened to be our case but um how do you think that someone could go about like even just being able to take on that mindset of yeah. being less ignorant and like doing the work of like even just like gaining knowledge on life outside of this yeah. bubble because in reality if you if you do experience life outside of this you realize just how much the states is a bubble literally well because the states is the center of like western culture right now yeah. i mean mm-hmm. like i think often and i've been caught up in this mindset even being back like we just think we don't need to know any anything else because like everything comes from here Whereas the world is such a, like, culturally rich place and, like, you know, you might not think a lot of things would come out of all these third third world countries, but, like, some of these c- poor countries are, like, the happiest countries in the world. Like, there's... Yeah. There's... Pura literally, there is just so much life and, like, I'm a firm believer that, you know, there's 8 billion people in this world and this is kind of the mindset that the Lord's given me, but, like, every single person shows a different and unique part of God's character and so, like, why wouldn't you want to get to know as many people as you can? Like, you know, also getting a, a broader understanding of God. That's just, like, a parenthesis because I always love saying that. But I would say two things. I would say... Sorry, I totally just coughed into the mic. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, I would say two things um, about getting, like, a global mindset without necessarily, like, burning $4,000 to go to Japan, like, or Laos or, you know, Africa or wherever. Um, one, stay curious like, I think a lot of my frustration when I first came here is people didn't want to know, like, anything that I had just experienced that was life-changing to me. And I'm not saying, like, you know, you have to, like, ask people from different countries, like, every single thing about their life. But even, like, just having an awareness that what you're experiencing now is not what everyone else is experiencing around the world. Like, having an awareness that, like, you know, things are different in different parts of the world and like being curious to like ask questions and like do some research and listen to some podcasts, like just to like have a, a broader mindset and a more global mindset of like, you know, things are different. I, I can't say it better than that. Um, and then secondly, I would say, oh, this is a hard one. Um, like leave your comfort zone, basically. Like don't, good. don't, yeah. don't be comfortable like, it's okay to be comfortable sometimes, but, like, yeah. put yourself in uncomfortable places. I think in uncomfortable spaces was what helped me grow the most. And, like, so one good. of the things that I took the most from being a missionary kid because it shows you really, like, like yes, I'm the main character of my own life, but also I'm not. Like, life isn't just about me. That's good. You know? Yeah. 
and it doesn't require you to you know sell everything you have no. and live on this like it's it's it doesn't have to be drastic no you know? it doesn't it's like you said it's just simply like again i can relate like if if i learned so much but if i had to take one thing it's it's just learning or having learned how to live my life outside of my world like yes. and what does that look like if i can't travel right now if i can't you know do missions work right now then how, what does that look like in the place that i'm in yeah. yeah, and sometimes that's in the small things. Yeah, like in conversation, and you know. Yeah, like people will say, like a random act of kindness, or like maybe a different way to put it is like, what's one way that I can serve others today, even if it's like something small? Because honestly, like this sounds so stupid, but even when we moved into the dorms, or when we moved into the apartments at first, getting to Highlands College, our um, like the headlight of our room, like it didn't work. And that, for whatever reason, brought me so much comfort because I was, like, so used to, like, something being broken at all times. But, like, the fact that you're in an uncomfortable space sometimes, like, it honestly, it helps your brain adapt. It helps you to find creative solutions. Like, it's just so good for you yeah. to be uncomfortable. Like, I'm not Absolutely. telling you, like yeah. Michelle said, to, like, go sell all your stuff. But, like, you know, don't be afraid to be uncomfortable and, like, actively put yourself in uncomfortable spaces to serve others. Um, and it's gonna suck probably a lot of the time mm -hmm. but honestly like nothing will make you grow more than you know letting yourself being uncomfortable and maybe just asking yourself every day like what's one thing that I can do to serve others that maybe doesn't have like a immediate benefit to myself like I don't know that's good yeah but yeah it you guys you don't need to go on a mission trip to Africa to have a global mindset and honestly not everyone's called to say it again you do not have to go on a mission you don't you, you don't. don't i think i'm a firm believer that everyone should one time in their life just because it's such a beautiful experience but like not yeah. everyone's called to missions and yeah. that's good because if everyone was called to missions then like who would be in their home countries or even just travel period. literally so like i'm a homebody i hate traveling like you don't have to love traveling or, you know, love camping or you can you can start serving your community and like having more of a global mindset in your small town or wherever you're at right now yeah. listening to this. But and also I want to say this. I know that there are like a lot of people, a lot of different people that listen to my podcast that have a lot of different backgrounds and even religious backgrounds. So I've, I've made it kind of a, a thing to like try to cater to everyone, but yeah. also like obviously be very vocal vocal about what I like believe and even just have a lot of people on here that share those same beliefs and one thing I will say is like it was different because I was doing it for something so much bigger than myself yes. it wasn't because like it even like just I don't know helped me to like just get out of the rut that I felt like I was in for yeah, so long and of course good. like you know it emotionally was hard mentally it was hard but like I had to constantly like just remind myself like this is for this is not for me you know yeah. like there are some things that I will have to sacrifice but but it's not because like oh so I can have more of an experience or I can literally be, of course that's part of it but like my life has been transformed and I want and I wanted at that time as well for other people to experience that and yeah. you know and be a part of that you know and ultimately like the feeling of not belonging in a certain place like that as Christians is how we're supposed to feel because we are aliens on earth like we are citizens of heaven and especially when you're on the mission field like you really you can't live within your own strength like you can't do things on your own strength and that becomes right. apparent immediately 
like very immediately. So you're living, not only living for something more, but you're also able to see like God working because you know that anything that you produce or do is not coming out of your own strength, but it's coming from the Lord. Yeah. Um, I would not have left the life that I knew. Yeah. Even like you said at the beginning, even when I, I felt like emotionally, like, you know, sometimes my parents were unavailable or I didn't have the support that I needed. Like I wouldn't have done that and, and done that and eventually been willing to like, make it my home yeah if it wasn't for something bigger than myself because then what then what was the purpose of it literally what's the point you know like it was because i had already i would do it all over again because i've already experienced that yeah and like you can't there's nothing that compares to it you know no and i mean i think having that global mindset is just something that opens you up to even like loving people better because even like getting to know like all of god's children like he just gives you a greater love for people. And yeah, guys, it's just so amazing. Like, it's so cool. And I, I can't stress to you enough. Like, you don't have to be a pastor's kid. You don't have to be a missionary kid. Like, you don't have to be any of those things to start seeing life that way, to even, like, get those same revelations from God. Like, for sure, we've been blessed with that, and that's part of our testimony. But, like, if you grew up in a small town in Indiana and you're listening to this and you're like, well, heck, like, you know, I... I I, how, how do I even start? Like, I'm never going to be in the same place. Like, yes, you can be, you just have to like pray for it and want it. And like the Lord wants to give that to you. Um, and he wants that for everyone and like, be content with your own journey too. Like just cause you didn't move to a different country doesn't mean that your testimony is any less cool. It just, yeah, <laughs> totally just means that God's doing something else through you. And that's super cool too. Yeah. That's really good. You're awesome. I love it. You're awesome. Michelle. <laughs> I love hearing about all your experiences, but I know this is only part of it. Yeah. Um, but we just kind of wanted to touch on, like, just kind of our experience and, like, what that was like and even just, like, what we learned and how, like, to go about that now, you know? Um, so to end, do you want to give us a, a story? Oh, two? oh, my gosh. I have so many. Like I said, we could do a whole we could. podcast of these stories. Okay. Yeah. This one's going to be kind of TMI, kind of gross, but honestly, they all are. When Macy says this is going to be TMI, she means it. Oh, so uh, listener discretion, cautionary, whatever words you want to string together, Uh be careful. Anyways, so we had in the back of my house, we had a whole, we were like living on the side of a mountain. So we had like these stairs going up and then there was like a missionary house where missionary teams would stay. And like usually in my house at all times, there was at least 10 people just like full time living there. And then when teams would come, we'd be like 25 people, 30 people. And like the sewage systems of Lima suck. They just are terrible. And we lived in a really, really old house, guys, yeah. like so old. And so janky. like my house was janky, too. Literally. In, in Peru, you cannot flush toilet paper down the toilet because it'll clog like uh-huh. you throw it away in the trash. Anyways, so keeping that in mind to prevent like further blockage and like, you know, things not working, whatever. They ran this massive like city sit sewage tube up the side of the mountain in my house specifically for the mission house because of like how many people we were housing there. And one day like nothing was working like everything was blocked up. And so we had this poor guy named Walter who would help us like fix all this stuff. And so <laughs> they go up the side of the mountain like up the stairs and they like open the sewage thingy to like see <laughs> 
what is wrong and it was uh-uh. walter my grandma and, uh-uh. and this other girl named sulma who lived with us yeah and this was after like a massive mission t- missionary team had been there and so they as soon as they <laughs> took off the sewage thing literally a like geyser of poop <laughs> and toilet paper and all, all the sewage that had been blocked in my house for like a week came super and this poor guy walter he's bald and so he saw it coming like i don't know how but he ducked his head and so there's like poop all over their heads and faces and it like came spewing down the side of the mountain and flooded into our house like Stop. we that were smell probably was no it was awful. so bad we had to like Great. sweep up like poop sewage water for like anyways girl and that that is like the third time that that has happened like our house has flooded so many different times that is terrible yeah but anyways <laughs> it was i was at school so i came back and our whole house smelled like b- booty cheeks <laughs> <laughs> like that's one of the things that i feel like people think only happen in movies like getting spewed in the face with poop no it's real it's real anyway thank god i never had that experience that was my Gosh. story time i thought it was hilarious it. it was that great funny. it's like it's things where it's like in the moment you're just like what in the freaking <laughs> this <is> so bad <laughs> but then later on you're like you can't remember when listen you know I would go through those experiences a million times over because the yeah, the look on people's sure. faces when you tell them like, yeah. oh my gosh, it, yeah. it, the stories we it. have, they're like priceless. Anyways, that, why would you put yourself through that? And I would do it all over again. I would do it all <laughs> over again. I would no, just for that for story. No, for real. Oh my gosh. That's funny. Anyways, Michelle, thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah. Honestly, you're like, welcome. she is, guys, she is the greatest blessing because, like, oh. as a MK Michigan kid, you really feel like no one understands you. And so to even, like, have someone in freaking Alabama who, like, gets what you're going through, specifically in Latin America, like, yeah, it's the best thing ever. I agree. But, yeah, you're awesome. And you're I love awesome. you. I love you, too. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for inviting <laughs> me. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. See y'all later.